In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One, who is our past, our present, and our future. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, what do you want to be when you grow up? When I was asked that as a kid, I had a pretty interesting answer. Uh, it, it has a little bit of a backstory to it, though. The backstory is that when I was a little kid, my dad took me to go and see this movie called Yellowbeard. Now, Yellowbeard is, is kind of a, well, it's a questionable choice to bring a little kid to. Uh, but it's a movie all about a pirate. And so because I went to this movie with my dad, all of a sudden I was all about pirates. And there for a little while in my childhood, every time that I answered that question about what I wanted to be when I grew up, being a pirate was always a part of that equation. Now, I knew that probably piracy was not a good enough vocation on its own. And so I would usually combine it with something else. If I wanted to be a policeman that day, I wanted to be a policeman and a pirate. Without really a sense of the irony in that statement. And if I wanted to be something else, I would say I want to be this and a pirate. But probably the best one that I came up with one day was my dad was a Lutheran pastor himself. And so I kind of wanted to be like dad. And so people asked me, well, what do you want to be? And I said, well, I want to be a pastor and a pirate. (laughs) And I'm still looking for that chaplaincy. (laughs) But there's a question in there that resonates inside of us. Who do we want to be? And how does that connect up with who we wanted to be when we were a kid? How does that connect up with who we are today? How does that connect up with even who we can imagine ourselves to be in the future? There's all of that happening in these readings. These readings that span quite a bit of human history from Isaiah speaking in the midst of a time when Israel is about to be taken off into exile. From David speaking in that psalm before Isaiah when he was praying to God about how he had chosen God over all of the false idols that were around him. To the story that we have of Jesus' resurrection to the outplaying of that story in Paul's letter to the Corinthians. There's past and present and future in all of those, and there's past and present and future in all of our lives. And if we take a look at that gospel reading, we see that kind of working in itself. It, it, it's a thing where the women are walking to the tomb and they are completely in the present. They've got a job to do. 
And so they're walking to the tomb early in the morning. They know that they've got to get this done before the body starts to smell. And so they are bringing with them the aromata is the Greek word there, the smelly things that will keep the body from stinking too bad and attracting dead animals, or attracting animals to the scent of the dead. And so you have them there, and then all of a sudden, they're very much in the present because they notice that the stone is rolled away. Rolled away, in fact, so far, it seems, in the way that the language has it, that it's completely off its track. The way that this would have worked is that you would have had a tomb with a round stone, and that would have been in a track that it was just would have rolled and fit in. But it seems like from the language that this stone has not only been rolled away like normally, but it's almost as if the door has been taken off of the hinges. It has been taken off and thrown. And now they're kind of wondering what's going on. And they see these two men. And these two men bring up in their lives something that is not present tense, but is past tense. Don't you remember? Don't you remember he said he was going to do this? And they run away and they tell the eleven. The eleven are caught up in the present. That can't happen. People don't raise from the dead. Except for Peter. Peter's curious, at least enough, to go to the tomb and to check it out. And he goes in and he looks at the linen cloths. He looks at the linen cloths and he probably has this experience of memory. This experience of memory that comes about because he's in there with the linen cloths which they wrap Jesus in. In there with the scent of Jesus because his body has been wrapped in those clothes, in the same way that you know the scent of a loved one's pillow. And all of these memories come flooding back into his mind. But Jesus, curiously, is gone. You know, it's a strange thing that on this day, on, on this Easter day, that we choose to read this story about Jesus' resurrection. On later Sundays in this Easter season, we will read stories about when Jesus actually appears to his disciples. When he's there in flesh and blood, the second Sunday of Easter is coming up just next Sunday. And the second Sunday of Easter is always Jesus appearing to his disciples and showing himself to Thomas and saying, check it out. Look at the holes in my body. I am here right in front of you. But on this day, on the festival day of Easter, Jesus is simply not present He's gone. He's missing. And, and that's a big deal. Because dead people don't go missing all that often. 
But it also tells us something about who Jesus is and it tells us something about ourselves. It tells us that Jesus isn't there not because he's just disappeared, but because he is in the future. Jesus is telling his disciples and telling us as his disciples that he is not present in his tomb. And so where are we to look for him? We are to look for him in the future. But for how many of us is Jesus just kind of in the past? For how many of us is Jesus just kind of this memory of Somebody that we used to kind of believe in. How many of us, is he sort of a fleeting memory? Perhaps a little bit of the present. Perhaps maybe like what Peter's experiencing as he's dipping into the tomb. But he doesn't seem like he's fully there. You know, you can kind of smell him. You can see his clothes. But is Jesus really there in my life? And that causes us anxiety. Because we look back to a time when maybe we believed a little bit more. We look back to a time when maybe we had a little bit stronger faith. We look back to a time when maybe we were actually acting on our beliefs as Christians. And we wonder what happened to that. And we mourn that loss. Or we look into the present of our lives and we wonder how, Jesus, are you going to fix all of this? How are you going to fix all of this sin in my life right now? How are you going to fix all of the trouble in my life right now? How are you going to fix all of the anxiety in my life right now? And Jesus is telling us in this reading, in this day, in this day where he is not present, stop looking there. And start looking here. Jesus prophetically points us to the future. Jesus says, stop thinking about your past. Stop even thinking about your present. You're not a Zen Buddhist. You don't have to live in the now. The Christian spirituality, the Christian sense of our lives is that we live our lives not in the present. We live our lives in the future. We live our lives looking forward to a day when we too will be absent from our graves and they will ask, where are we? And the answer will be in the future. When they put our dead body in the ground And people gather around our graves and they look at our body as it is lifeless and cold. And people ask, where are they? This isn't the person that I knew. This isn't them. The answer will not be, well, they're right there. If you believe in Christ. If you believe in Christ, the answer will be standing over your dead body saying, this person is not here. This person is in the future. A future that is the resurrection. A future that is glory and light and beauty. A future that we can begin living into right now. A future that we're challenged 
to believe. And really believe. A future that we're challenged to think, well, if that actually is my future, well, then I'm going to start doing some things about that. Just the same way that if you believe that something is going to happen in your future, you start acting that way. If you believe that you are going to go someplace and you are going to ingest lots of ham, you start planning your day around that. And how beautiful would it be if we started planning our lives around our resurrections. Our resurrections that our Lord prophetically points us to on this Easter Sunday and beyond. That our Lord is saying to us, stop looking in your past for me. Stop even looking in the present although I'll be there, just as he was there in your past. But our Easter challenge, his Easter challenge to you, is start looking for him in your future. So may you go from this place to the rest of your Easter celebrations, And may you look for Jesus, not only in your past, not only in your present, but may you especially look for him in your future. Amen.